welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 232. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. With me, as always, is Henry. Hi, Henry. Hi. How's it going? Doing nothing much. Nothing much? You anticipated my next question because it was going to be, what's going on? And you were like, nothing much. So what have you been doing? We're well into, it's the end of July. Actually, wait, by the time you're hearing this, it is... End of July. End of June. Start of July. By the time you're hearing this, it is July 5th. Right? Yeah, that can't be right. That is right, though. So uh, I hope everybody had a, a lovely 4th of July Independence Day in America celebration thing. A, a safe and happy holiday. We opted not to travel for the holiday. Um, holiday. By the time they're hearing this, the 4th of July will have happened. So, uh, are we're we going to Grandma and Grandpa? No, we have decided not to travel for the holiday uh, to see uh, other people in other states. That doesn't seem appropriate right now, given the recent spikes in coronavirus around the country. So uh, we're staying home. We, or By the time you're hearing this, we did stay home, and I'm sure had a lovely time at home, maybe playing Atari games. What else is going on, Henry? You're still drawing. We still have not put up new artwork. We, every week we say we're going to put new stuff on Instagram. You still haven't put up the coloring book. Well, give it to me, and we'll do it this afternoon. Yeah, I haven't given it to you. Yeah, see? Ha! Ha! Kids. But you haven't asked for it. Well, you didn't give it to me. All right, we'll get that taken care of. Uh, as always, though, if you go to the Instagram for Atari Bytes, there is other artwork up there already that you can peruse and we need to put up the coloring book and i have a new picture okay awesome and of course henry is available for custom artwork as well if you see what he's done and you like his style but uh, you have some other picture in mind within reason he is open to doing that we've done some custom artwork already and he is happy to uh i say we of course it's him he is happy to, uh, to you know, do some tailor-made uh, stuff, if you like. So keep that in mind. All right. In news this week, we got a little bit of feedback. Dave, over there at the Night Rider Years, which is a podcast you should be looking at if you, in particular, if you have a fondness for the 80s uh, action show Night Rider. But if you just like 80s television in general, or you like listening to uh, two clearly good friends, just having fun talking about stuff that they like to talk about because they go off topic a lot and it's always entertaining to listen to. Um, you should be checking out Champa and Klein, the Knight Rider years. They're going episode by episode through Knight Rider. They did MacGyver before that. After they finish up with this last season of, of uh, Knight Rider, uh, I believe the plan is to talk about Airwolf, which I'm curious about because I never watched Airwolf when I was a kid. I watched uh, the hell out of MacGyver and I know I watched Knight Rider once through anyway, although it's, it's been a surprise going through it again because uh, I really didn't remember the stories. But I'm curious about Airwolf because I've never watched Airwolf before. So that's a thing you can do along with Champa and Klein. I've been talking all this time in theory because I was looking up the tweet that I got and I have not yet found it. So Henry needs to talk now. Talk. Talky talk, talk, talk. Tell the people some stories. En enlighten them about your world, Henry. I don't have any stories. Oh, come on. You are an engaging, intelligent, observant young man. You must have things that you can share with the people. All right, I guess he wasn't kidding. He really didn't have anything to share with you. I forgot about the question. <laughs> That's okay, because I found what I was looking for. Okay, so 
uh, Dave uh, from Night Rider Years was commenting on the Poker and Blackjack episode, which I believe was episode 230. Go look it up. If you haven't listened to it yet, go listen to it. If you have, go listen to it again because you should, you'll want to go and see if what Dave is saying is true. Here's Dave's comment. Key takeaway from this week's episode, again, meaning the Poker and Blackjack episode, the dealer needs some gas X. Now, I think what he's referring to is when the cards shuffle, it sounds very much like flatulence. So that is a good observation. I responded to Dave and included GasX, which is an actual Twitter account, in my response saying that that uh, opened up an excellent sponsorship opportunity. The GasX folks have not gotten back to me yet, and I'm a little disappointed by that. But if you're listening out there, GasX, I'm still open to a sponsorship deal. So let me know. Also, this is a good time to remind people that we have a new feature for the Patreon subscribers. Field reports are now on video. Now, it's terrible video. The video is not great. The audio is not great. But you can see the field reports, actually see them um, if you choose, if you are a $3 per month Patreon supporter. Poker and Blackjack, I think, was the first one we did. That's up there now. And so you can go watch and see if, in fact, the dealer is farting all over the place, if that's a thing you're interested in seeing. Poker and Blackjack's up there. Beauty and the Beast video of this episode, Crap Pots, will be up there soon. So just go subscribe to the $3 per month level and you can get access to the video of our field reports. All right, anything else to talk about before we get to this week's game, Henry? No. This week's game is... Hey, you, you believe this? Me and my sewer bug buddies is having this city for dinner. Then this hotshot crackpot, he starts tossing flower pots, knocking us off like we're like flies. So I sends in more guys. He throws more pots. We eat a floor. <laughs> you know, I think he's having fun up there. Crackpots for the Atari 2600. Hi, Dan Kitchen from Activision. Crackpots from Activision, 1983. This game was designed by Dan Kitchen, who I don't want to brag but he has liked me on Facebook. So uh, that's pretty cool. And that just happened actually just recently, coinciding with playing one of his games for the show. So that's pretty cool. Crackpots, as I said, is an Activision game. So you know it's going to be delightful because Activision games tend to be. We love us Activision around here. So I'm looking at the manual. It's a tiny little manual with a lot of pages in tiny print because the manuals were written for like 10-year-old kids who are young and have young eyes. They were not written for 40-something old men who do not have young eyes. So I will do my best to go through this manual for you. And actually, I'm sorry, it's not a manual. It's a pest control handbook approved by Brooklyn Block Association. There's an interesting picture of a troll-like figure standing on a balcony with a bunch of flower pots on the cover. He's not actually a troll. He's just a dude with really big 1980s style glasses, um, which is odd because the character in the game doesn't have glasses. He just looks like a dude with dark hair, just kind of standing on his balcony with a perpetually surprised expression on his face. So here we go. We're infested. I would think there's probably an ointment for that, but all right. A bug barrage is swarming out of the sewer, chomping away at every building in town. Entire neighborhoods are now crumbling, are now crumb piles. If you're experiencing crumb piles, Please, first of all, try GasX, uh, and then see your doctor. Over in Brooklyn, Potsy, 
the rooftop gardener, is defending his beloved building with his only weapon, potted petunias. Be a good neighbor, help him take pot shots at the infested at the insect invaders. Quick. When too many bugs crawl into the windows, they'll start eating you out of house and home. Now, two comments. One, I'm happy that Potsy from Hop Happy Days uh, found new employment after the show ended. Second, I forgot what my second comment was. Oh, that's right. I'm not sure if the flowers in the game actually look like petunias. Some flower expert out there perhaps could contact me via the social media or voicemail and tell me if, in fact, Dan Kitchen has done a good job of representing petunias in video game form. The third option is, why Brooklyn? Why not Los Angeles? Why not Pennsylvania, you know, Philadelphia, Des Moines, Minneapolis? Why does it have to be Brooklyn? I don't know. There's nothing about the game that screams New York to me. But anyway, basic bug, bug bashing. We insert the game cartridge. Well, some people do. We did not. We played this on the flashback in our continuing quest to play the flashback games in alphabetical order. We've made it to the C's. Difficulty switches are not used in this game. Game 1 is a one-player game. Game 2 is a two-player game, taking turns. Hold the joystick with the red button in the upper left position. To move Potsy either right or left, push the joystick, ready, right or left. To push a pot over the ledge, push the red button when Potsy's standing behind it. To begin a new game, press the game restart. You'll hear the pitter-patter of tiny bug feet. Rising up to the sewer, take a breath and get ready. Here they come. Bugs come in waves. The first wave is black. Then uh, colors progress to blue, red, and green. There are 12 bugs in each wave. When you make it through the green wave, the cycle will repeat. However, you'll then be the next. However, you'll then be the next wave, and at and the bugs will move faster. That sentence doesn't make sense. Anyway, six bonus bugs are displayed below the sewer at the beginning of each wave. Whenever a bug slithers into a window, a bonus bug will. Bugs don't slither. Snakes slither. Hey, I'm just reading what it says. Whenever a bug, and by the way, all the bugs pretty much just look like spiders, right? Yeah. Yeah. A bonus bug will disappear from the display. When six bugs have crawled into the windows, all six bonus bugs will be gone, and your joystick's red button won't release any more flower pots. Then one of the crawlers will chew up a layer of your building, and you'll repeat the wave at a slower, a slower level. The game ends when the creepy crawlers now have grabbed all six layers of the building. Grabbed up six layers of the building. Um, there's a little grid here for the scores, which range anywhere from 10 points to 160 points, depending on the uh, color of the bug. Bonus bugs at 200 points are awarded. 200 points are awarded for each bug print remaining at the end of every wave. Black bugs crawl straight up. Blue bugs wiggle side to side. Red bugs crawl diagonally, and green bugs zigzag between the two windows, which really messes you up because you think, all right, they're going in the second window from the left, but then at the last minute they veer off to the right because bugs are jerks. Hey, don't say that about my doggy. All right, the only exception to the rule is our dog, Bug, is not a jerk. Becoming a seasoned crackpot doesn't just happen after, the, after one day in the big city. You need to stick around for a while. And practice, for starters, hang out with Potsy. Check out his speed and style. Develop a sense of timing based on the speed and direction of the bugs and the time it takes for a petunia to fall. This will vastly improve your accuracy of pitching a plant at just the right time. You can, of course, join the Activision Crackpots and get a patch, which I never did, 
if you help Potsy pitch pots of pests for points, totaling seventy-five thousand or more, you'll have more than a good you'll be have been more than a good neighbor. Consider yourself an official Activision crackpot. Send us a photo of the TV screen, and you get an official patch. If anyone has an official crackpot's patch, let me know. There's a bug in the house. Most people aren't too disturbed by insects crawling in the woods and wilds. Like us, these tiny creatures are nature's handiwork and co-inhabitants of the planet, and perhaps we should all get to know each other. Roaches are old-timers. Human existence began one million years ago, while roaches have been around for 300 million years. If you're wondering what to serve a roach for dinner, they'll eat most foods in the pantry or your garbage. But did you know that they also like glue, watercolors, plants, and stale beer? That's pretty weird. I wonder how they figured out the roaches like beer. Clothes moths, which is hard to say, love wool, but you, did you know that they eat your sweaters before they become moths? The mother moth leaves her eggs on your clothes and rugs, and when they hatch, baby caterpillars emerge. That's who does the eating. All right. Spiders are no insects. They're arachnids. Insects have six legs. Spiders have eight. A spider in the house is kind of, is a friend. They will do no harm, allow them to spin their gentle webs and do and rid your house of many insect pests. They have the obligatory letter from Dan Kitchen, how to become the neighborhood crackpot. Dan Kitchen grew up in a family of game designers and computer pros. Gary and Steve are his brother designers. It's no wonder that he was designing games right out of high school. In 1979, in his spare time, he plays folk guitar. Crackpots is a game that requires balance, advanced planning, play the sidewalk, try to hit the bugs when they are crawling along the sidewalk or when they're just coming out of the sewer. The closer they get to the windows, the less time you'll have to react. When you're up in the higher levels, the bugs will crawl too fast for you to get them all. You're better off playing, say, three selected windows in the middle. It's okay if the crawlers get in the extreme right or left. You'll only have to get seven out of 12 bugs to get to the next level. Notice that the red bugs end up two windows away from where they began, their diagonal climb, and while the building is still plenty high, the green bugs will end up at the window over the spot they crawled, they started from. Keep this in mind, and you'll soon be dropping the right pot at the right time. Then if you still can't stomp out bugs, you can always buy the original inner city bug killer, a pair of shoes with pointed toes. Know what I mean? Drop me a line if you do. God bless. Dan Kitchen. And that's how you play Crackpots from Activision. I'm not rich or famous. I'm not a movie star, rock icon, first responder, nurse, doctor, or anybody else whom we all look up to. I'm just a schnook. Just like Bill, I love to tell stories. Unlike Bill, though, I'm not creative enough to write my own, so I just tell my own real-life stories in this book-read-by-the-author-style podcast. All about life lessons growing up, and every episode, a segment about music. Music that I love, artists that I admire, and sometimes even my own music. You can find Autobiography of a Schnook on all your favorite podcast suppliers, or you can go to schnookpodcast.com. That's S-C-H-N-O-O-K podcast.com. And I firmly believe the good goes around, and I sincerely hope that Autobiography of a Schnook proves to be some good that goes around your way. 
Crackpots was Dan Chichen's first game for Activision. He did a number of ports to the 2600, including Kung Fu Master and Double Dragon. A review in the, in the November 83 issue of Video Gaming and Computer Gaming Illustrated stated, quote, I think Activision has finally reached the point of saturation with the kaboom theme of having to catch or toss objects, but still gave the game a lettered grade of B. Crackpots was included in the compilation package Activision Classics 1998 for the PlayStation and the Activision Anthology 2002 for the PlayStation 2. Atari Protos observes, back in the 80s, the world was a kinder, gentler place. Game companies were not allowed to put violent themes in the video games for fear of public outcry, as was the case with Halloween and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so they resorted to other means to satisfy the player's bloodlust. In Crackpots, you must drop flower pots on deadly spiders crawling up the side of your building. A nice, non-violent game that the whole family can enjoy while getting their kicks by killing spiders. In today's game market, Crackpots would feature little Billy defending his turf by blowing away rival gang members, scaling their walls of their building after being sold a bad batch of crack. Ah, how times have changed. Speaking of crack, you have to start to wonder what the guys at Activision were smoking when they came up with these game ideas. Luckily for us, Crackpots is as fun as it is strange. Crackpots is a fast-paced Twitch game which can really kick into hyperdrive after only a few levels. While the learning curve may be a bit, a bit steep, it keeps the game from quickly becoming boring. Activision always had a knack for making players want to come back for more, and Crackpots is no exception to that rule. Hmm, crack pot. What's with all these drug references anyway? Maybe the 80s weren't so innocent after all. DanKitchenGames.com has sections, of course, on a bunch of Dan Kitchen games. There's a blog, there's a lot of discussion of a game called uh, Gold Rush, and a lot of other uh, interesting stuff. So go check that out if you have not already. All right, well, after the break, drop your crack and grab your pot. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Okay, we're not actually playing Spider-Man. Isn't that copyrighted? Yeah, I'm probably going to get sued. You got any money, Henry? No. Darn it. I have 57 whole dollars. That's about 54 more dollars than I have. So, you're buying lunch today. Alright, we're playing Crack Pots from Activision. We love now, us from Activision. It's not what I thought, Crack what? That's not what I thought. It's not what you expected? No. Alright. thought it was like little crack pot. Crack pot. Well, so I'll get ready. I'll play here in a second. Here you can see on the screen, if you're watching the video of this, uh, if you're a Patreon supporter, we got our dude up on the balcony. He's being inundated with spiders. Uh, very aggressive spiders trying to attack his plants. So what's his solution? He drops the plant on the spider. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but uh, okay. So let's just play, and uh, it'll be pretty easy to figure out what we're doing. So you gotta get the spider before they get to your plant, obviously. Ooh, red spiders. That can't be. Good. 
Oh, they didn't do it this time. Usually between the waves, the spiders are just... No, this is the same wave. Oh, okay. This weird ability... Oh, I just noticed that the skyline it appears to be uh, twilight. You know, sunset. Very lovely. They're big on uh, sunsets in Activision games. I don't know why that is. Ooh, black spiders. If you see this many black spiders approaching you, forget about the flowers and just run. Also, you pro-spider people, they don't kill spiders. They help the environment. Which is true. Uh, but these are pretend game spiders, and they're trying to kill you. So, you know. Well, you never know. That's true. Point short of 10,000. I was robbed. This game is rigged. Back to you in the studio. Hey, Atari fans. This is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Card by Card podcast. Join Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review cartridge-based games for the Atari's last answer, the 8-bit gaming system, as well as delve deep into their history. Kieran will also introduce everyone to the UK's budget games. 
You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's xegs, the number 8, bit.com. Hey, it's me, Bill, your host, the guy you've been listening to this whole episode. Do you enjoy the stories I write and read to you every week on this podcast, but you feel like you just need a break from my voice? I get it. My family does sometimes, too. Here's an option. Some of the stories from the show are now collected in a volume titled Misery Banana, Very Short Stories Inspired by Old Games and Odd Thoughts. You can order it wherever you like to order books. I hope you'll check it out. Thanks. So here's the thing about crackpots. Henry, do we like crackpots? Yeah. What do we like? Mm. I don't know. Did you think the game was easy to play? Hard to play? Mm. Mm-hmm. What? Easy. E- it was easy? Yeah. Why was it so easy? Mm. What do you think of the look of the game? Yeah. This might be a good point to pause and play another segment of what game is Henry playing while we podcast about another game? Henry, what game are you playing while we're podcasting about another game? Um, he's too busy playing to tell us what he's playing. Touch Grind Skate 2. Say again? Touch Grind Skate 2. Touch Grind State, uh, Skate 2. That's a skating game, I assume. Yeah. So what's what are you doing in the game? You use your fingers and you're basically like a virtual fingerboard. A virtual fingerboard. Cool. Henry's been getting into uh, skateboarding and uh, scooter riding and all that stuff. So it looks cool. Is there a, is there an objective? Is there a scoring pattern? Is it just get the most points. how do you get points? By doing tricks. Doing tricks? What kind of tricks? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Does it tell you what tricks you have to do, or do you just no. do them and then you, you get points? Do tricks. Okay. All right. He is so busy playing this game that he can't really even tell us what the game is. And that is the quintessential hallmark of our segment. What game is Henry playing while we podcast about another game? So, I kind of like Crackpots. It is really simple. The concept is simple. I know something I read said a steep learning curve. I'm not sure that's true. Uh, it's pretty straightforward what you need to do, right? You're dropping flower pots on spiders. And you just got to kind of learn the patterns of the spiders, which I guess is involves some learning. But... You know, it's one of those games with the simple concept that you can just pick up and play and you want to play it for a while just because it's simple and it's fun and you get to crush virtual spiders. I know we don't want to crush real spiders because they're good for the environment, but you can sort of get that that spider lust, that sounds weird, out by crushing them in this virtual game. Never mind that there's a whole other game going on within the game Uh, where all the people in your building are being overrun by spiders. Spiders are systematically destroying the building by dropping it level by level, and I want to see that game too. But in this one, all you really got to worry about is dropping flower pots on them. So it's a good game. As always, if you have thoughts about crackpots, or anything else really, contact us. It's story time on Atari Bytes. Yes, it's story, 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 story time with Bill. Henry, 
Do you have a story this week? No. Henry does not have a story this week, but I do. This week's story is titled, Beat Down in Prime Time. When you hold a smile in place for too long, smile fatigue sets in. Lips, jaw, and eyes become droopy. It's not a good look anytime. It's especially not good on camera. Allison Eats It All was Munch TV's tentpole show. Host Allison Devonet Dubois had been hosting the show for four years. She could cook anything, whether it wanted to be cooked or not. The Blue Suede Shoes episode was a staple in holiday episode marathons. Allison was a brilliant chef and an engaging show host. Her need for perfectionism rivaled the need of cream to clot at just the precise temperature during cooldown. Taping of the latest episode of Allison Eats It All was winding down. I'll tell you what, Allison said to camera one. This here dingle dilly is delish. She held up a platter of something fried. Most of Allison's viewers wouldn't know what a dingle dilly is. Even fewer would go look for it in the frozen food section. But ratings for this episode would be through the roof. Why? Because Allison did something that only the best Munch TV hosts could do. Make the viewer believe for an hour or so that they care about food that isn't served in by number and wrapped in wax paper. Allison took a huge bite of the dingo dilly, convinced the camera she enjoyed it, then spit it into a bucket after the director yelled, Cut! Allison walked off the set, nearly slipping in a puddle of broth evidently spilled from a pot on boil for the next show recording here. Steven sucks it up. Backstage, Ben 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 was waiting. Ben 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 was always waiting backstage. Ben hosted no fewer than three shows on the network. One of them was a show where he traveled the country visiting bakeries to ask how they make their cannoli and whatnot. Another show had him as host of a competition where well-known bakers compete to see who can make the same cake any of us could make, except theirs looks better because it's on TV. Ben's third show was his favorite. Ben Beats It aired right after Allison's show and featured a different baked treat every week. Ben's cakes and cookies supposedly were so much better than everyone else's because of how he beat an egg. And he was so damn smug about it. Right now, Ben was trying to perfect a recipe for banana pecan scones. Beat it somewhere else, Ben, Allison muttered, reaching for a bottle of Cook's secret sauce she kept in the water bottle backstage. She took a giant swig. I love waiting in the wings for you, Allison, Ben said. Well, you have gotten used to being my second banana. Ben smirked, holding up his mixing bowl. Have you ever seen my banana? Nope, never will, Allison said and took another swig, then shuffled off in search of some highly processed food concoction with unpronounceable chemical filler that enhanced flavor. The next taping of Allison Eats It All was all about pasta sauces. As she was showing off a hearty marinara, Allison scalded the area between her thumb and index finger on a bit of dripping sauce and realized the pot it had been simmering in was leaking. Cut, she said, stepping on the director's line. We gotta swap this crappy crock out. Tate five, everyone, the director said, as if it was his idea. Tough break, Ben muttered backstage. Get it? Break? Like the pot breaks? Allison just made a face and self-medicated from her water bottle. So how are contract negotiations going? Ben asked. Allison shrugged. Same as always. I pull in the sponsors. They always double my salary. Same old, same old. Guaranteed five more years with an option for a sixth. Ben nodded slowly. Same time slot? Of course. It's the first thing I demand. Well, the first thing actually is a steady supply of chocolate liqueur in my look in my dressing room. Then the time slot thing. Gotta go. The pot having been replaced, it was time for Allison to go back to work. She had at least five more years of plastic TV smiles to conjure. That meant 
Ben realized, it was time for him to go back to work too. In the next episode of Allison Eats It All, she introduced a new segment where she reads the recipe for that week's meal in haiku. This week was all about one-pot wonders, entire meals cooked in all in one pot. About six syllables into the recipe for eggplant stew, Allison paused when she heard a sound like, well, you know the sound the ice makes in those Ice Age cartoon movies when the ancient squirrel cracks the ice with an acorn? That's the sound Allison heard from the eggplant eggplant stew pot. A small river of stew juice started dribbling out. Then she heard it again, and again, and again. In stereo, it seemed. Ice cracking. Maybe leftovers from that bartending show, Toast of the Town? Earl, Allison said to her director, quietly, as if volume would make the cracking worse. Earl, what is that? Earl shrugged. Earl shrugged a lot. Allison kind of hoped a fjord would open below Earl and swallow him up. More cracking. It wasn't ice. No, this was something else. Allison pointed. There, she shouted as a crockpot cracked in two on the kitchen island in front of her, sending a stream of Alfredo toward the linoleum. And there, she said. And there. She pointed a long index finger at pot after pot, seemingly as if pointing a magic wand and making the pots explode. It wasn't ice at all. It was the pots. The pots were cracking. They were crack pots. Unfortunately, this was soup and sauce week on Munch TV. Every show had some sort of liquid-based food item to feature. Even Ben Beats It was doing bread pudding. So the studio was full of boiling liquids and pots. And now all these pots were cracking. Allison nearly died. Okay, not really. But she did choke on a matzo ball. Earl had to Heimlich her and everything. The bad news is, this episode of Allison Eats It was live. So the entire dramatic dam-breaking scene was seen by millions of viewers. Allison was fired from the network the next week. Not because their pots broke, but because in response to the pots breaking, Allison unleashed a profanity-laced, racist, homophobic, anti-Semitic tirade against really anyone she'd ever laid eyes on. She'd ever laid, laid eyes on. Ben Beats it got Allison's time slot. This was good because the new contract Ben 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 negotiated came with a hefty raise, which he needed because it wasn't cheap paying off that night janitor to mess with the thermostat so that the studio got super cold at night. Like, dangerously cold. Like, almost cold enough to crack pottery. <laughs> and that's our show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and Comptech.com for Creative Commons' use of his song, Referment, Take a Chance, in Pinball Spring. Thanks, as always, to Henry for hanging out with me. Yeah. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the Storytime theme iTunes is waiting to collect your five-star reviews. Crack pot or not, share your love for this show. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at ataribytes or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also, look us up on Instagram. You can also, of course, leave us a voicemail. Call 563-265-1978 and leave a message about really anything you want. Check out the website, www.carnivalofgleecreations.com, for information and links for this show, for It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown, my other show, which is a monthly ode to all things related to the iconic Peance comic strip. You can also find information about books that I've written and some of the places you can order them. All of that right there in one place, carnivalofgleecreations.com. You can support the show financially uh, by becoming a subscriber on the Patreon page for Atari Bytes. If you do, you can get episodes early, you can get bonus content, like, for example, the uh, video of the field reports, 
and other stuff that we do. You can be like Michael Tyler, Jose Caseda, and Sean Courtney, and Aerospike if you join the Patreon, and those guys are cool, so you want to do that. There are still Go Play Some Old Games They've Missed You shirts and mugs at Zazzle.com if you're so inclined to, uh, to pick one of those up. And that's about it. Anything else we need to talk about, Henry? No. Next time on Atari Bytes, Double Dunk. Our continuing effort to play all of the games on the flashback in alphabetical order continues with Double Dunk, which I'm going to guess, having not played it, I'm going to guess it's a basketball game, but I don't really know. We'll find out. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.